Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I've obviously you saw the uh, the All Star game. What did you think about with the Mariners fans that were in attendance doing the pandering and they were doing for Otani? What do you think about that? I love it, dude. I I I think it would be great if Otani went to Seattle. I mean, he'd get to hang out with his best bud and hero Ichiro every day. I mean, that sounds ideal to him. And then you add a guy who won't pitch next year, so it still leaves a spot in the rotation open for Robbie Ray when he comes back. And you can have him DH, or you know what? If he's if he's you're worried about his arm, and maybe he's light throwing, he could play some left or right field. And then after a couple years, you can throw him in the pen, and he could be your closer and DH. Holy cow! You have fixed yeah. a lot of problems with just yeah, signing and I, him. And you've seen in the the last couple of games, our bullpen is still kind of searching for its identity since Seawald came back. I know that can't he can't help us this year. Maybe not even next year, but I wouldn't mind having a traditional closer, just somebody to come in there and shut the thing down. You guys are the new nasty boys, but you remember the old nasty boys? Everybody had a role on that, mm-hmm. and look how successful they were. I do understand the high leverage pocket approach mm-hmm. to it. Because maybe sure. when you're closing, you might have the bumps, you know, at the end of the lineup. <laughs> but but it's a different temperature. I feel like it's just everything is different in the ninth inning. I don't know. What do you think about that? So I have a problem with the high leverage situation when you don't have someone who was built for it. Um, Agreed. And that, like, you saw a little bit of it last night with Alexis Diaz. He actually closed the door, but it was bumpy. It was really bumpy. And Munoz, it was the same thing with him. Those two dudes are closers. You leave them there. You don't have them go into a hold situation. I get what they're saying, too, high leverage, all this stuff. But it's different. You're not closing in the seventh inning. You're closing in the ninth. And a lot of those dudes have to hype themselves up and have a routine and get into it, no matter their talent level. So I think if you have a closer, they stay as the closer. They only pitch the ninth. That's it. And it's not a hold situation either. It is a go out there and get this game for a situation. I agree with you. I can see certain hold situations. If we're talking about the 11th inning, the 12th inning, sure. you know, then, then that's different. I think that's a whole different thing. You know, you, you bring them in, you know, you got your good guys coming up. You got the ghost runner on second base, which also, you know, kind of skews a lot of like blown saves and of things like that. But yeah. I, I agree with you where you the high leverage situation. I don't know what's more high leverage than closing the last three outs of a game. <laughs> you know, you got the, if you're on the if, if you have the road, if you're in the road, the stadium's awake 
people got their cap rally caps on. If you want to be annoying, like some of the Mariners fans and put the rally shoe, which you can't, I don't have time to get into that, but oh, I know uh, all yeah. about it. Yeah. I think, uh, I think, I think I agree with you with that. I don't like, or I do wholeheartedly agree with you. I don't like the whole thing circumstances. Okay, fine. But for the most part, I don't like it. I have a little project. Well, once again, Edgar Martinez is using Eagle Hardware's incredible selection of brand-name power tools for his latest project. And uh, here's a surprise. Uh, for once, it's not a bat. Oh, it is a bat. It's a light bat. Eagle Hardware and Garden. More of everything. Reds fan, real quickly, too. What is your stance on Pete Rose? No. No. Don't. If you're going to say put him in the Hall of Fame, I've been very firm on this stance. Uh, no. Uh, not just because of betting on baseball, but because he had opportunities to get out of it and he lied and continued to lie. And then when it came time, you know, he fessed up. He fessed up because he was selling a book. What a dirt bag. You know, I get it. Did... It's not it's not the hall of hall of good people. It's the hall of fame. I get it. But you can easily tell baseball story without Pete Rose. You know, so with Pete, I, with Pete Rose, with Pete Rose, how what is the general feeling around Cincinnati? I know he played for the Phillies too, but what is the general? Is it like a? Would you say it's like he needs to be in there, or would you say it's it's more on 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 in your on your side? People there? people love Pete. Uh, I don't get it um, because of that, and you know he grew up in Western Hills, West Side of Cincinnati. People are obsessed. Oh, I love Pete. It's so odd, you know. Here, people are endearing and embrace him, and they love him so much. And the Hit King, and he should be in the Hall. And they forgive him time and time again. Whenever you like talk to somebody, you go, "Hey, what do you think of Pete Rose?" One out of four people are going to have a story. Well, two, you know, actually one out of two people are going to have a story about meeting him. Half the time it's going to be like, man, he was so nice. He was so great. The other time is he was such a dirt bag and so unbelievably rude. Let me tell you. So um, I also have a policy. Um, you can't be in the Hall of Fame if you dated children. So <laughs> it's, it's a pretty yeah, hard I, I, rule. I can subscribe to that rule. So yeah, it's a, and, it's a pretty easy rule to follow and not break. Yeah, man. So I didn't know how, how loosey goosey, but that's that's the politest way I can put it. If you just uh, Google Pete Rose, 14 year old, you'll find a lot and it's pretty gross. So uh, that's another reason I don't think he should be in the Hall of Fame. That Those are some uh those are some strong uh, reasons right there. Uh, so let's switch it on to somebody that I think would be beloved in beloved in your city, very yeah. beloved in ours, and you know actually brought you guys a world title, got us to the playoffs. Of his sweet Lou Lou Pinella, how is he perceived in uh, Cincinnati? Lou's a hero, man. Lou was the man, dude. I mean, there's so many there's so many photos around town of him sitting in the manager's office feet up on the desk with a Budweiser on the desk with three packs of Marlboro Reds. You know, you can't go into a sports bar without seeing Lou Pinella chucking second base and signed yeah. by him. I mean, he was a hero. He's a, he's like a folk legend, dude. He, you yeah. know, rambling, gambling, loud, you know, just put, putting cigarettes out on his pony cleats. Like what a cool guy. Yeah, I just remember getting Lou Pinella when I was young when he first showed up. 
And it was just like, that was like the symbol of winning on this team was him. Uh, Lou Pinella is very, very beloved. Uh, I think he actually spent more time as a Mariners coach, but obviously won the title with you guys. Was there when Marge Schott was around. So, I mean, he had... He had George Steinbrenner as a boss, and he had Marge Shaw as a boss, and then you had these Jeff Smolian and these, and then the Nintendo guys, probably a, a lot chiller. And then he went to Tampa Bay, real chill. Then goes yeah. to Chicago, where they're just desperate for anybody to come in here at the time. <laughs> but please, somebody yeah. win us one. But uh, Lou Pinella, I did get to see him during All Star Week, and I said to him, he was in, he was up there signing autographs. I wasn't going to wait in line for any of that, but mm -hmm. I. I look, there was a break where somebody was authenticating whatever he was going to sign, right? It was probably a Pete Rose book or something. I don't know. <laughs> so, so, so there's just a moment where he's sitting there and I go, Hey, sweet Lou. And he like looked over to see, he was looking at him and he went like, he went like this to me. Uh, and I, and I actually was holding my phone going like, no way he's going to do it. And he's like six feet from me. And all of a sudden this girl just moves right in front of the goddamn camera when she's going, when he's uh, going like, it was a great moment. The receipt of my moment is people laugh at the, more of the yeah. person walking in front of me because you can hear me go, God damn it. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> that sounds like an excellent was, live. 